With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, September 24th. I do love Fridays. I really do. And, um, you know, as much as I am a hard worker, Mark knows I don't like working very hard on Fridays. That is the one day that I like to have a little bit of Jill time. I have a lot of Jill time, actually. I got, I mean, I have enough Jill time to do 275 miles. I finished my virtual ride, Mark. And uh, I reached, so that means I did the ride, I reached the goal that, and I doubled my fundraising goal. So I feel pretty, pretty awesome about it. Oh, you know, and by the way, we're going to interview this guy um, soon, this guy, Brad, who's a friend of Cal's, and we're going to have him on the program. So this is a guy, he's an author, and he um, wrote this book about groundedness, but sneak preview One of the things that he says creates sort of a groundedness, like a good feeling about like who you are and where you are in the universe is being really content with your life and having control. And I think that even though sometimes it feels like we are out of control, Mark, i.e. last weekend when I realized I'd left my converter for my microphone in the wrong location and I had to do spots for you, even with that little snafu day in, day out, I feel like we have control and it's huge, isn't it? That's it. There is no value you can put on that. And so if you're seeking more control in your life, and maybe it's because you just feel out of control with your money. Maybe it's because you feel out of control with where your work life has led you. Maybe you need a, as our caller, Cindy said, you need a gap year to figure out what what makes you tick and what you want to do next. If anything like that is going on, send us a note. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. More importantly, our website is called jillonmoney.com. And there's a lot of stuff there, great information. Uh, You can read all the articles that we've written recently and see the recent TV segments. You want to see what I look like versus what I sound like. You can do that. You can listen to old shows. You can subscribe to this podcast or another podcast called Eye on Money, which is our second podcast for the CBS network. It's all there, jillonmoney.com. So let's uh, let's rock through some emails because I feel like there's a bunch of them that are piling up. 
And this is from Rachel, who says that she discovered our newsletter and podcast. And she says, I'm looking for advice on how to start retirement savings. Hey, Mark, I haven't plugged the newsletter. You can also on our website, sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Mark drops it every Friday. Okay, let's go back to Rachel. She's 25. She's starting a new full-time job. She writes, I have no 401k or Roth IRA yet, but I have over $30,000 in savings. Considering the 401k, my company matches the first 3% at 100%, up to 5% at 50%. I want to understand my money and investments. I'm so confused and I'm overwhelmed at the moment. Oh, what do you suggest I do with my money? Should I consider other kinds of investments like stocks and bonds? Am I late to the game when it comes to saving for retirement? Can we just get back to that she's 25? (laughs) Okay, Rachel, and anyone else listening, maybe you're 25, but maybe you're 55, maybe you're 75. If you are trying to figure out what you should do with money, the first thing we ask you to consider is, have you covered your big three? Have you, number one, accumulated enough money to meet six to 12 months of living expenses? So Rachel, you have a job, that's great. If you were to lose that job tomorrow, you need to know how much money it would cost you every single month to live. And, you know, be a little bit generous. Don't just say it's, you know, oh my God, I can only pay my rent and like have one meal a day, you know, use the real number. Now, presuming you have that, is there any debt that's outstanding? Is there college a debt that you have to repay? Is there any reason you're going to need some of this money in the next 12 months, maybe a new car? So whatever it is that is coming up, you should also have set aside, you should pay down your debt, and then you can now look at retirement. Now, presuming your $30,000 is enough to cover all your needs, and presuming, let's just pretend that that we set that aside, because you've saved, I'm wondering, you know, one thing you didn't mention was how much money you make, but I'm presuming because you saved 30 grand and you're only 25, you're making enough money to pay your bills. So in that case, what I would do is I would at least put 5% of your income into the 401k to capture the match. You know, I don't know whether there is a Roth 401k option. If you have that as an option, I might choose that. If you don't, then you can put 5% into your 401k and then you can max out a brand new Roth IRA. Now, when you say, you know, other investments, you can put stocks and bonds inside of these plans. All you need to do to start off is probably just choose a target date fund. And if you can do that, I think you'll be happy because it'll just get you going. It'll basically invest based on when you think you're going to need the money, which is decades in the future, and they'll put money in stocks and bonds. Between, let's say, now and the end of the year, we'd love to hear back from you to find out whether or not you have started to learn a little bit more about this stuff and whether we need to give you a little boot camp. And beyond that, uh, I think you'll be set. All right. Alice is writing in. She says, my husband and I are debating whether or not to pay off my student loans. It's three and a half percent, $29,000. Or should we invest the money after we max out our IRAs? We have take-home pay of about $10,000 a month And our expenses are about $5,400 a month, including IRA contributions. We've finally gotten to the point where we're storing cash. Okay, so this is the storing cash episode, right? So what I would do 
is, um, yeah, I would pay down the student loans and then I would, and you'll get those paid down pretty quickly because it looks like, you know, listen, you only about 30 grand and you're netting out more than, uh, well, let's say $4,600 a month. So you're going to have this paid off in no time at all. So pay off the loans. Do you have other retirement accounts? Are there currently accounts that you could contribute to that would make it automatic? If you don't, once you're done maxing out the those retirement accounts and paying down the loans, then start just a plain old investment account and you'll be set. Way to go. Okay. Keith writes, <laughs> while I was on vacation, he was enjoying my podcast. That's so great. About three months ago, Keith and his wife began using the services of a certified financial planner and we obtained it through a uh, fee-only planning network called Garrett. Okay, so the planner came up with a, a retirement plan that we have been following. I wanted your feedback whether her investment recommendations are too conservative. I'm sure that I'm going to not think that. Keith is concerned that we are, quote, missing out on returns. Here's my situation. <laughs> Mark wants to know, was he concerned when the market took a dump on Monday? Um, probably not. Okay, here we go. So Keith's 68, his wife is 65, and they're retired. They've got about a million and a half dollars in 401ks and IRAs, 200 grand of the one and a half Roth. Expenses are about $8,500 a month. No debt, no mortgage. Small pension of $1,000 a month. They've got two apartments, which give them an extra $1,000 a month of positive cash flow. So so they have the expenses of 8500 so let's do the math guys they have already 1000 coming in from the pension and 1000 from the rental so that means they need 6500 okay her plan the new financial planners um, advice here is 45% stocks 45% index bonds and 10% stable value we have about 50 grand in emergency funds can tap into home equity if needed Lastly, we are delaying taking Social Security for me in 2023 and for my wife, 2022. So we're using our retirement funds plus pension and rental income to get us through. I realize we've been executing this plan for only three months. We'll reassess with the planner early next year. Thanks for reviewing. Warm regards, Keith. Mark, what do you think? I think it's a perfect plan. Uh, Keith, here's a deal. Maybe I would make a change if you were already receiving your Social Security, but you've got to live on this money. Right. And so if you want to take a little risk, what I would do is you might say to her like, oh, I, I mean, 45, you know, in index funds and let's call it 45 in index bonds and then stable value. If you look at that, it seems like 45, 55 is kind of boring. If you wanted to take any risk, I, I would wait and I would probably do it maybe as I um, had the social security income, and then maybe I would take that risk in the Roth accounts. But I don't know why people always think that more risk is better. You know, more risk, it's like being sick. You're getting sicker. And what we'd like to remind everybody that taking on more risk does not mean you're going to earn more. It means that you have the opportunity to earn more and the opportunity to lose more as well. So I'm fine with that. All right. Lance says they have um, paid off all their debt except for the house. Um, there's $100,000 in a 15-year mortgage. Okay. So now the question is, where do I start? I have a 401k through work with about $60,000. I was going to open a Roth and put the maximum of $6,000 in it and maybe open several more and just dump extra money in all of them. Ultimately, we need to buy a new house in a better school district. Uh-oh. 
This seems like competing forces. Nine-year-old girl that goes to private school, eight-month-old girl. I know it's very vague. Any help would be appreciated. So much out there. I'm not what, sure what to do. So Lance makes $103,000. Wife works part-time, makes 26000 So they make about one hundred thirty grand together. Okay, here's what I would do. Number one is I would absolutely start using a Roth IRA for both of you. And if you can afford to do so, put the max in. But then any money beyond that, you got to save up for a house. That's it. And, you know, if you're going to need that money. Um, The one thing you didn't mention about the house purchase is how much equity you have in your current home. If for some reason you own a $400,000 house and your mortgage outstanding is $100,000 and all the equity in the current house can pay for the new one, then you don't need to do anything. You can just sock that money away and open up an investment account beyond the Roth accounts. But if you're going to need additional funds, then you need to do two things at once. Fund the Roth IRAs and save for the money you might need for a new home. Put it this way. If you have a match through work, then use the 401k. If you don't have a match, then I would just use the, I would use Roths for both of them. Yeah. You can only have one Roth. I mean, you can have many Roth accounts, but you can only put, yeah, you can only put the six grand into an account. So I, I mean, I'm going to err on the side always of using a Roth account unless your 401k has a match or unless you have a Roth 401k. And don't worry, yeah, I know. There's all sorts of worries about what's going on with Roths. We are in deep contact with Ed Slot. We are going to find out. We're going to see what the new package really ends up being, and then we promise we'll hold your hand through the whole thing. Stephen writes that he listens to our radio show. We have a terrestrial radio show also, and he says, I'm 55. And he's got a portfolio of $2.1 million. He's 92% invested in large cap funds, S&P 500 index funds primarily. So you got that, Mark? 92% stocks. Stephen says, I plan to retire at 58. I know I should rebalance to at least 65-35 equity bonds, but I'm nervous of shifting a half a million dollars in bonds at this time, giving given rising inflation and the Fed tapering. Is it a bad time to make the reallocation? Should I wait until inflation concerns pass? Should I do it over six months or all at once? I really would appreciate your advice. I would hate to move a half a million dollars of savings and bonds and see the values tank. Thanks, Steve. What would make you feel worse, Steve? Bonds tanking or stocks tanking? What if the stock market went down by 10% and started doing some of the rebalancing for you? Hmm. Didn't think about that. If you're freaked out, then just maybe do a annual rebalancing and go from, you know, 90-10, go to 80-20, 70-30. Just do it every year until you reach your allocation goals and you can retire then. But I'm always into just doing it at, all at once because pretty much it has been proven that if that's the right portfolio allocation for you, I'd rather you do it than the market do it for you. I just, you know, and even, you know, those old, there's a ton of studies about like, well, what happens if you invest all of your money at once and then the market crashed? And there's really very little worry about that. So I just think you might as well get it done. But if you feel uncomfortable with that, then surely I'm not going to be the one to, you know, say, don't feel uncomfortable. If that's the case, then don't, then don't worry about it. We'll, we'll make sure that you do it a little bit at a time. That's it. Um, All right. 
that's it. In fact, that's it for the show. Mark, anything to add for the weekend? What's our who's our guest this weekend? Oh, great guest this weekend, Stacey Vanek Smith. Um, if anyone listens to NPR's The Indicator, Stacey's got a new book out. She's my pal, so I totally give her props. I love this book. You got to tune in. She's fantastic. Super duper pro. Okay. So check it out. Uh, it is Friday. That means I get to do our business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark is our executive producer and he's fantastic. And we are distributed by Cadence 13. Please lift somebody up today. And remember, our mantra is grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.